Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. I mean, I don't know if there is or not. I don't know. I, I never thought about it. You know, maybe I'm off, but I don't know. Nothing comes to the forefront of my mind. You don't call them sinners. I, I never thought about it, but I probably don't. Give us some men who know the truth and who will declare the truth and who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This might be the side hustle you've been looking for. This is Wretched Radio. No, I'm not talking about a Ponzi scheme. No, I'm not talking about becoming a prosperity preacher, although there's big money in that. I'm talking surveys here. There has got to be some big money in surveys. Why? There are so many of them. I'm just getting bombarded by people who are polling everybody. Uh, This is a bit of a phenomenon that seems to be increasing. And it's not to suggest that these things can't be occasionally helpful to make us wise as serpents. But we want to make sure we don't start trending, making decisions, running our churches, leading our homes based on polls and surveys. So let's see what we can glean from today's survey extravaganza. High-quality study finds preschool enrollment makes children learn less. But the good news is there's more bad behavior. That's right, courtesy of the idea that we need to rush children into the care of people that aren't their mother and father. We are seeing the results of it. Low-income children who attended Tennessee's highly praised preschool program performed significantly worse on every academic and social measurement by sixth grade compared to peers who did not attend the program. That's one study that indicates um, we might want to think carefully about how early we let others and doctors teach our children. Recent studies of a large government child care program for children's, children ages zero to five. Can you be zero? I would, think so. Wouldn't you at least be a second or a day old? Maybe. Unless, of course, you love the word perinatal. Then <laughs> you got up to two months to off your kid. Because, oh, by the way, speaking of, of the life issue, Jimmy, maybe you reported this, this on the news, but it looks like Oklahoma, at least the legislature, I don't know that the governor has signed it yet, basically banning abortions unless the life of the mother is at risk. Mm. That Now, that's a good piece of legislation right there. Let's hope that bad boy gets signed. And for whatever this is worth, we see kind of ups and downs in the life issue. But I have seen enough decisions being rendered by courts, by institutions, that I still believe, at least for the time being, Whilst there is most certainly a liberal progressive movement that is trying to cut out the underpinnings of Western civilization, the courts aren't quite going along with it. We see an effort to stifle free speech, religious liberties. For instance, I think it was the Navy who just determined, okay, fine, you can have a religious exemption. Okay, that's kind of important. And that's another example that we are seeing institutions and so far courts say we're not about impinging on people's religious or speech liberties. We'll see how long that continues. But that should be a little encouraging to us. Believe me, the assaults aren't going to stop. But at least 
so far, they've been staved off. The recent study of a large government child care program for kids aged a second to five years old in Quebec found participants experienced significant increases in anxiety, aggression, hyperactivity, and crimes committed. I think I know why. I think this goes back to a subject that we've, I know this is not very popular, but we've seen just study after study that has been done on the effects of daycare on children. And if we are putting our kids in even earlier into school, separating them from mom, oh boy, the impact and the effects. This doesn't shock me at all. Do you recall, it was Time Magazine, I'm pretty certain, it was Time or Newsweek, Time Magazine that did a special on what they were calling uh, early childhood PTSD, basically. And it's from kids who experience trauma or are separated from their parents at an early age. The study of Quebec program found children exposed to the program were four and a half percent more likely to be convinced of a convicted of a crime. Oh, that's nice. And 17 percent more likely to commit a drug crime. Their health and life satisfaction were also worse. What do you do with that, mom and dad? You make the decision, but please keep in mind, it does not appear that separating from your child at a really tender age is is paying long-term benefits. And this should be an encouragement to you, stay-at-home mom. What you are doing is a good thing. We talk a lot. We hear a lot of conservative talk radio telling us, we got to stop this and save the country. In fact, I saw an article. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a terrible article, and I get the fellow's point. I just wouldn't have phrased it this way. If you want to save the country, get back to church, because we've seen a decline in church attendance, and we know that that affects the social and moral fabric of a society. So if you want to save America, go to church. Well, not exactly the reason we should want to go to church. We should want to go to church because that's where other Christ ones are, where we assemble an intense grouping of the kingdom of God on earth to praise him, learn from heaven. That's why we should want to go to church. We hear all kinds of diatribes and screeds. This is happening, and here's another problem, and they're doing this over there. Okay, we can be aware of that, but then I keep hearing this. We've got to stop this. If, if we don't do something about this, this is going to get out of control. But then they never tell us what. Well, I got one for you, Mom. You're doing a good thing for the nation when you lovingly raise up your child, spend nurturing time with your child, giving up on some things that I know they're important, of which you are fully capable, raising a child, and you can determine at what year you can start to alter that intense time together. But yikes, it, it doesn't appear that it's from age one second to five. You make the decision, but you're doing a good thing. Speaking of polls, Friel, that's the whole point of this segment. Americans overestimate the size of minority groups and underestimate the size of most majority groups. Sorry. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I'm on medication again. I got to, do you hear the cold thing? This, so this could be Sudafed speaking. <laughs> 
I'm having a little difficulty concentrating, okay? So the non-sequiturs might be a little more sequitory today because of Sudafed. This is a this is a chart that was made that says that we're overestimating the minority groups and underestimating the majority groups. And it made me think about the church in Illinois that it's got the word uni in it. It's a united church of something. They're going to have a fast from whiteness. Now, I have to confess to you, I'm really, really relieved to know that racism is just a one-way street, that only the white oppressors can be racist, because that sure sounds racist to me, (laughs) doesn't it, to you? But don't you worry, it's not, because racism is a one-way street. We're going to fast from whiteness, so any, any hymns, any music that was written by white people, nope, can't do it. Could there be anything more racist than that? And that is CRT. That, that's getting pretty close to full-blown, full-bloom CRT, where we say, look, even the goods, the hymns that we like, but they were white, so we're just going to fast from that. Just turn that around for a minute. Can you imagine and, and saying, you know what, we just, in Atlanta, there are a lot of Asian people huge thriving community in Atlanta. Yeah, we're just going to fast from all things Asian. What? What do you, why? What what do you have against Asian people? Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? This particular chart, I highlighted a few of these mm, incorrect views of what exists out there in culture. There were just two that I thought were interesting. The projection, how many people think that people that there are gay people or lesbian people, thirty percent is what we think. The actual number is three percent. Bisexual, the actual number is twenty nine percent. No, no, not the actual. That's the perceived. The actual is four percent. Why is that worthy of our consideration? Well, let's just put the two numbers and get together. Considering, but we'll just assume there's no overlap. Let's just say, and I think this is high, seven percent find themselves somewhere on the spectrum of sexuality. And yet they flipped the world upside down. Didn't fire a shot. They won through, well, I think a lot of deception, (laughs) covering up. But emotional arguments, we don't want to follow that pattern, but... I think that we should at least recognize, okay, if we want to change the world, then we need to be, without violence, laying out our case. Because I'm telling you, the case for Christianity has never been stronger. And if you don't believe me, just wait till you hear these next surveys, next on Wretched Radio. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. 
So what do you get when you mix a group of Gen Z college students and a group of biblical experts together with 2,000-year-old questions? Well, of course, you get Road Trip to Truth. John Favares has hit the road on a quest to find answers to life's biggest questions like environmentalism, social Darwinism, the deadly impact of pornography, and the dangers of agnosticism. Those are just a few of the topics covered in Season 2 of Road Trip to Truth, which is available now at roadtriptotruth.org. Season 1 is also available, along with study guides for each season and a homeschool curriculum. Road Trip to Truth helps your children better understand questions from the world from a biblical perspective, and it will help you learn how to witness more effectively to this generation. So grab your copy of Season 1 and 2 of Road Trip to Truth at roadtriptotruth.org. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. We've been telling you for well over a year that our newest production, Transformed, would be coming soon. We can finally say that Season 1 of Transformed is available now at Wretched.org and will also be airing on Christian TV networks all over the country. Transformed is like nothing else on Christian TV. You'll have the opportunity to be a fly on the wall and witness real biblical counseling sessions with real people that struggle with OCD, substance abuse, grief, self-harm, anxiety, pain, lack of assurance, and more. You'll be shocked and encouraged at not only the Bible's ability to pinpoint a believer's struggle, but also offer powerful solutions. Not years of weekly visits or the band-aid of medication, but real biblical solutions. With the help of Dr. Greg Gifford and Dr. Dale Johnson, you will witness people go from brokenness to wholeness. Transformed like nothing else on Christian TV and available now at wretched.org. And don't forget the study guide. That's wretched.org. <laughs> Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called God and Savior. If Jesus were only human, His death could not have paid our debt. But Jesus is both man and God, able to represent us, yet able to bear the wrath of the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Unprecedented chaos, unprecedented opportunity. This is Wretched Radio. It is my opinion, and I think I've even got sort of close to scientific support. I don't think there's ever been a better time to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and promote the benefits of the local church. 
People are groping for community. They think they're going to get it through the metaverse. That's nonsense. They don't any more than they get it through social media now. doesn't matter how sophisticated it becomes. It's not real. And so they keep longing. They join clubs. They have memberships. Why? They're, they're looking to be a part of something. Hmm. Is there any institution in Christianity that perhaps would provide that community for people? Yeah, the local church. That is why I think we should be loud and proud about the local church. It is a blessing. It is a good place for you. Come, be a part of it. We want to see you there. You belong there. You will be loved there. You will be able to find purpose there, which is a big word, which incidentally, and again, this could be the Sudafed talking. (laughs) I think it was 20 years ago, 20 some years ago. Jimmy, I don't know if you could find this. What was the original publication date of Purpose Driven Life? Could Could you check out that? I will. Bestseller. Bestseller, meaning it wasn't a best book. It was just sold a lot of copies. It it caught something that inside of every individual, they're looking to figure out what the point is. That's that's what the book, the book that I just read, I'll be honest with you, it kind of rips a page. Okay, it rips out all the pages of the purpose-driven life, but it does play on that theme. That human beings, they cannot know the purpose of their existence until they understand the purpose of the universe. So the book is titled, How the World Works and How You Fit Into It. Because people are trying to figure it out. And I think a lot of Christians are trying to figure it out. And until we realize it is far more simple than it is complex to live purposefully I think we're just going to see more and more people groping, longing, looking, joining clubs, memberships, metaverse business will take off, or meta church will take off, but it's never going to satisfy. So before Jimmy gives us the date of the publication of The Purpose Driven Life, do you know the purpose of the universe? It can be summarized in one word. This is is like, name, name name that purpose. Well, I can do it in seven words. I can do it in one word. Here's the purpose of the universe. Jesus. That's it. That's it. Everything that you are currently doing, have done and will do, it is going to glorify him one way or another. It's going to do it because you will either glorify him by being redeemed and doing works that don't burn up as wood, hay, and stubble, or you will reject Jesus Christ. You will be damned and you will glorify God as you spend eternity in a lake of sulfur. No matter how you slice it, every careless word, there will be an account given. Why? Because everything is designed to glorify Jesus, and it's going to, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. That's the purpose for the existence of the universe, and that's the purpose of your existence. Become mindful of being and I don't mean like mindfulness, become mindful of, of making decisions, doing activities, going to work, etc. How, how can I glorify Jesus in this? How can I live in such a way that is pleasing to him, that will be a great testimony to him? And then no matter what you do for a living, no matter how mundane the tasks come, if this is the oh, seventh stinky diaper of the day I have to change, 
You're not doing it for other reasons than to glorify God, and that brings meaning, that brings purpose. Don't forget what Martin Luther said, that the milkmaid who milks the cow is glorifying God if she's doing it for the right reasons. Now, if she's not, I hate this job, pulling on these things all day. It's miserable, and I'm getting arthritis. No, that, that doesn't glorify him in the way that he desires through work. Uh, that that that's that's bad attitude toward work. But the milkmaid who is I'm providing milk for God's children. I am working for the Lord, not the farmer. I'm working ultimately for the Lord. This has meaning, and that means contrasted to somebody who is in church work, a pastor. I don't, I don't even. I'll even throw in priest. Doesn't make any difference if they think that they're doing something for God, but they're not. The milkmaid is more pleasing. Don't blend sacred and sec or, or keep sacred and secular separated everything that we can do should do is indeed sacred if we are doing it to shine the spotlight on the one reason for the existence of the universe jesus jimmy what year did that come out 2002 2002 so 20 years ago yep exactly 20 years then i thought i thought it might have been longer Mm-hmm. Because I, to this day, remember the first time that, well, basically pitchforks were assembled. There was some tar that had been heated up, and people were bringing feathers when I criticized that book. Whew, duh. But there's, there, is, there is a hole for that. People are seeking that. We want to be careful that we don't turn Jesus into purpose. Come to Jesus and you'll have purpose. No, that's that's not the offer. Come to Jesus because you get Jesus. Oh, by the way, he provides purpose. That That's the correct way of presenting what Jesus does indeed offer. And I'm telling you right now more than ever, I think people want it. They'll give you a hearing. Centers for Disease Control. More than 44% of students in the 9th through 12th grades experience persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. Hold on. 19.9% of yous seriously considered attempting suicide. 9% actually did attempt suicide. I still think suicide, if I'm not mistaken, is the number two cause of death for people between the ages of like 16 and 32, something like that. They're, they're, they're separated from people. They, they have no belonging. The internet ain't cutting it. Let's... Hear that word, dear pastor, who's pondering turning your church into a metaverse, turning, eliminating church. In fact, I was, hold on, let me see if I can find, uh, somewhere, somewhere in this stack of papers, I have a story about the metaverse. It was kind of interesting because it was about, will the metaverse kill the mega church? And there was, yeah, I've got it right here. And here was, here was a comment that I thought was kind of ironic. And a little bit interesting from somebody who's a big proponent of doing mega church via the metaverse. We're all in on physical church and all in on digital church. Stop. You can't do church digitally. Let's not let them take that adjective and apply it to Christ's institution that demands we assemble together. They're both effective in different ways. They're both important. No. Church is preeminent. 
we use some of these things online as tools. One doesn't replace the need for the other. And new technologies have emerged throughout history. There have always been bold predictions about how things will change. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes they did. We just didn't realize it because we're like the frog in the boiling water. We, oh, it's just, an, oh, it's just another effect of it. The people who warned about certain dangers, they, they were right regularly. But here was the quote that I thought was sweet. When the telephone was invented, there were those who warned no one would meet together or leave their house again. Ha! They were wrong. Okay. Were there some people who said that? Yeah. But did they also have some warnings about the telephone that were valid? Yeah, they did. A lot of bad stuff happens on the phone. A lot of intrusions do happen into the family. Aren't we seeing that today? But what I thought was rich about that is the guys, ha, see, we didn't just stay in the house. Why? Because we need to get together. We need to be together. We Humans need humans. We are, we are designed to be in community. God is a Trinitarian community. We're as image bears. We must be in community. And the best community on the planet is the local church. I'm telling you, people are hurting, and we should be promoting the gospel and the local church. More statistics that I think back this up. 55% of the kids who had to stay at home endured cursing or other verbal insults from an adult in the home during the lockdown. 11% reported having suffered physical abuse. Well, it's not death. These data, now this is somebody who I believe is a secularist from the CDC, the acting principal deputy director said, this data echoes a cry for help. The COVID-19 pandemic has created traumatic stressors that have potential to further erode students' mental well-being. Hello, gospel. Hello, church. If there has ever been a time when I believe that people are more interested in hearing about it, and being told, we will embrace you in the local church. As you repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ, you can become a part of the family of God. And that's that's a whole lot better than a Spotify membership. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, if this doesn't make you want to build your own compound, I don't know what will. Trans kids are so much more than their gender identity. Everyone should be proud of what makes them who they are. That last statement, it's full of so much irony. Everyone should be proud of what makes them who they are. Yeah, I completely agree. If you were born a male, be proud of what makes you who you are. If you were born a female, be proud of what makes you who you are. But sadly, that's not the message Nickelodeon is propagating here. Protect your children from this vile and evil world at all costs. Now, if you don't think America is in serious need of some divine help, then you're obviously not seeing the rapid deterioration right before our eyes. I don't even know where to start with this story. The Illinois Association for Supervision and Curriculum Development is hosting a workshop. And one of the featured speakers at this workshop, a preschool teacher who moonlights as a gay porn star. Or maybe he's a gay porn star who moonlights as a preschool teacher. Either way, somebody somewhere thinks this is a swell idea, or at least they did at one point, because once the story got out, the guy's name was completely scrubbed from the workshop website. Not sure if he was disinvited or just being kept a secret now. Who knows? 
Florida Pastor Willie Rice, who was the first to throw his name into the mix for the next SBC president, has officially withdrawn his name. While I'm not going to go into all of the details that surround his dropping out of the race, because they're freely available to find on any number of Christian websites, I will say that he received a lot of backlash in the last week and was called upon by many SBC pastors and convention leaders to drop out of the race. Florida Pastor Tom Askell and former IMB missionary Robin Hathaway are both still in the running. In case you missed it, the U.S. Senate confirmed Katanji Brown Jackson as this country's next Supreme Court Justice. The president called Jackson, quote, supremely qualified. And maybe it's just me. I, I don't want to be negative, but I just don't see how anyone is able to make that determination based on the confirmation hearings. Her standard answer to most questions was, I don't know. She didn't know how to define a woman. She didn't know when human life begins. And she didn't know whether humans have natural born rights. So it just kind of confuses me a little when I hear the president say that she's supremely qualified. I guess his definition of what it means to be qualified for the Supreme Court is this. I've made no decision except one person I will nominate will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. But what else do we know about her? Well, we do know that she doesn't know very much. Well, the dean of a Ukrainian seminary was among those killed by Russian soldiers in what Ukrainian President Zelensky calls genocide. The dean was found among 200 others that had been killed by Russians in the streets of Kyiv. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called God and Savior. If Jesus were only human, His death could not have paid our debt. But Jesus is both man and God, able to represent us, yet able to bear the wrath of the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Who pays the price in an unchristian society? That's right, women and children this is wretched radio uh, two demonstrations of this from the federalist starting with how liberalism ruined sex and degraded women any unchristian worldview is ultimately going to find its way downstream into the lives of women and children they will always pay the price Always. You can study it in history. You can observe it today. From the article written by Nathan. Where's my glass? Oh, Jimmy, look what I got here. I got my glasses. They're still in the plastic bag. Well, keep the plastic bag so they don't get filthy. That's that's a great idea. That's the only kind I have. You're like Ben Franklin. <laughs> have you been watching the Ben Franklin PBS special? I have not. No. I'm telling you, you know, I, I'm always a little, anything on PBS, I'm like, hmm. But it's just a historical treatment of Ben Franklin that overall just takes it from year to year. He was educated for two years, period. That's it. Wow. It was an honorary doctorate. I believe he received it when he was in England or in Paris. And so he did what we don't do these days. You get an honorary doctor, doctorate. You don't call yourself doctor. <laughs> Instead, you earn your degree. But he didn't. He was he was awarded one because he was brilliant. And he invented the bifocals. 
He was actually, I think he was, I think he was in Paris and he was in a meeting and he couldn't see the people. So he kept, you know, moving his glasses up and down. And then he realized, well, I'll put on these other glasses. Hey, why don't we combine these glasses? Lo and behold, he invented the bifocals. He was a brilliant fellow. And I hate to say this, but if you think that Ben Franklin was a Christian, uh, there's no evidence to lead us. Well, okay, I shouldn't say there's no evidence he's buried in a Christian cemetery, but that wasn't uncommon in the day. When he was traveling through England and France, various seasons of his life, he loved spending time with people of the Enlightenment, Voltaire. He loved to put Enlightenment ideas into, well, basically (laughs) our form of government is where a lot of that came from. To say Ben Franklin, though, was a Christian, he was a womanizer, just even as an old man. Is there anything less than an old man who's a womanizer? Brilliant guy. Grateful he was there at the time, but I'm not so sure that he was a believer. But I'm glad that I can read this for you, courtesy of Ben Franklin. The sexual revolution has failed to deliver on its promises is increasingly obvious, even to those who loathe Christian sexual ethics. Now, you're going to have to follow along. You're going to get a couple of names here. It's worth the journey. For example, Michelle Goldberg of the New York Times has returned to the problem, reviewing a book titled Rethinking Sex, a Provocation, by a columnist named Christine Emba. So Goldberg reviews Emba. Although Goldberg dislikes the book's Christian influences, she concedes that modern heterosexual dating culture appears to be an emotional meat grinder whose miseries and degradations can't be solved by ever more elaborate rituals of, here's the big word, du jour, consent. Even secularists recognize, okay, um, women were treated better before Tinder and apps and pornography. It is hurting women. And this article, it just lay, it's it's brutal to listen to, frankly, because so many women are involved in relationships that demand they basically look like a porn film. I'm sorry, you're gonna tell me how liberalism is good for women? Would you like to? Make your case. Despite this admission, Goldberg isn't ready to abandon the sexual revolution, but instead, let's save it. Concluding the problem, quote, is that many women are still. You could put me in a room with a box of crack with a pen and a pad of paper to write down the absurd thinking of the darkened minds of our era. And I would not come up with this. (laughs) I just I couldn't come up with the foolishness that is spewed from the mouths of academics, darkened minds. I keep coming back to Second Thessalonians 2. I know the context. It was indeed with the end times, but there's no reason to think that God can't do a delusion over a lot of people anytime that he chooses to. And it just seems that's what we're experiencing these days. So here's what the secularists said we need to do to save feminism. She concludes, the problem is that many women are just embarrassed by their own desires. 
particularly when they're emotional rather than physical. Oh, I see. So women don't feel good about being treated like dirt. But that's just because they've got some emotional issues and they just aren't comfortable with their own sexuality. No. All right. Somebody crack is involved in this some way or another because that's absolute nonsense. Emba's book is full of exit. Now, this is this is the actual book being reviewed. Emba's book is full of examples of people suppressing their longings, writes Goldberg. She interviews many women who seem to feel entitled to one night stands, but not to kindness. It's what you get when you liberate sex without liberating women, end quote. Huh. So let me get this straight. If women were more assertive about what they want and don't want, all would be well. Mm, there's another option that men don't behave that way, but when they're given permission to by a liberal culture, they're going to because I'm sorry. With all due respect to every feminist, but maybe with the exception of Martina Navratilova, who recently came out and said that men shouldn't be participating in women's sports, men are stronger, domineering, bullies, and they will prey on the weaker. All that this sort of liberalism can offer, writes the Federalist, for to women who have been immiserated by our sexual culture is the suggestion that they negotiate for more romance and less sexual degradation from porn-addled men. And that is a great descriptor of our culture. Porn-addled men. The scourge of porn. And women pay the price. Morally, liberal ideology deprives a woman of anything stronger than setting her own I want against the I want of a man. After all, without a normative understanding of what is good in a relationship, why should a woman's desire for romance or even simple kindness matter more than a man's porn-induced kinks? That They're going to lose. It's They're just going to lose. Because if they don't participate willingly, it'll be done forcefully because that is what unregenerate men do. Who pays the price for liberalism in a non-Christian society? Women. It's always women. Last quote. Liberalism's supposed neutrality about the nature of the good and the good life. You know, you can have it all. You don't have to be married. One night stands. Go to work. Travel to Europe. They're, they're all of their talk about the neutrality of good and the good life actually denigrates self-control and commitment while promoting selfish indulgence. Our culture is filled with celebrations of the liberation of desire, ain't that the truth, including the sexual desires and relational habits that are proving so harmful to women. They simply cannot come up with a plan and consent ain't going to get it done. It's just not going to work. It's going to be one person's word against the other. So it will be bad justice no matter how you slice it. The best form of consent for a woman, when a man says, I promise to be faithful the rest of my days and to honor you and to cherish you and to have you and to hold you, you know, that biblical stuff. However, there is another way that women are paying for liberalism. Uh, perhaps you recall 
A lot of pro-life organizations and conservative outlets were praising Dave Rubin for having two babies through two surrogates with his, air quotes, husband. And some people, Glenn Beck and Dennis Prager, wonder how that played out on his network. Dennis Prager, congratulations, whoop-de-doo, and people are celebrating it like it's a wonderful thing. And yet, this second article from The Federalist, Big Fertility Harms Babies and Women. So why are we celebrating it? Now, there's a lot of angles to this. There's in vitro fertilization. I do believe Christians can take advantage of that if done rightly. There are some considerations. But this article focuses on surrogacy. It's it's being stated rather bluntly by some critics. Basically, rich people rent the womb of a woman so that they can have something that they desire, and then they discard the woman and all of her emotions that come with a pregnancy. Who pays for liberalism? Women and children. This is Wretched Radio. Let's visit a pre-born life center in action. Look at that baby. Abortion pill reversal actually works. That's a beating heart. Look how small it is. Tell me, that doesn't encourage you to consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. $28 purchases a free ultrasound for a mommy who will choose life. It is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. Would you please consider supporting preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. I could spend the next 60 seconds telling you things like Wretched Radio airs on over 820 Christian radio stations, or Wretched TV appears on 125 Christian TV stations. I could tell you that the Wretched Radio podcast has had nearly 5 million downloads in the last year, or the Wretched YouTube channel has had nearly 125 million all-time views. But I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for your continued support that has helped us reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel. Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth, and our newest production, Transformed, are all possible because of the support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner, would you please prayerfully consider becoming one? We rely on your kindness and your generosity and your ongoing prayers. Visit wretched.org slash donate to get all of the details. That's wretched.org slash donate, or you can text the word wretched to the number 44321. There are brothers and sisters in Ukraine who could use your help right now. Max, the Tomorrow Club's leader in Ukraine, visited us on the telephone to share the need that many believers in eastern Ukraine currently have. Our focus was children evangelism. And right now, we have to walk away from that and really serve those families who had to escape. Our Tomorrow Club leaders in the West trying to meet the needs of those families. It's a good opportunity to show Christ 
to them in this time of trial. Pretty unlikely that you can visit Ukraine to help those brothers and sisters, but there are hands and feet on the ground, the Tomorrow Club leaders helping out brothers and sisters in need in Ukraine. To learn more about how you can help and support the Tomorrow Clubs, who we hope will quickly return to children evangelism I'll learn more at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched attributes of God God is a person he is not a detached impersonal force he is a conscious self-aware being with a mind and a will he has made himself known through scripture, and most of all, he wants you to know him personally. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Here's a question you'll never hear. This is Wretched Radio. You will never hear a progressive, a liberal, a feminist ask this question. <laughs> well, why aren't there any men who are surrogates to produce babies? And the reason is because we all know Men can't make babies. Only women have that honor. And men are not capable of it, and feminists know it, but they simply can't utter that question because it would undermine their entire worldview of absurdities that suggests we're exactly the same. There's no difference, except for the fact that there's a bunch of differences, not the least of which is scientific, you know, chromosomes, you know, DNA, genetic makeup body mass, muscle mass, testosterone, you know, other than that, not to mention there are certain attributes that men possess, certain attributes that women tend to possess. We can't identify or recognize that on any level or feminism goes right out from underneath them. That is why I would, I was really pleasantly surprised by Martina Navratilova saying, um, no, men should not be competing in, in women's sports. Why is that such a shocking admission? Well, it's because it's an identification that men are one gender and women are the other gender. And the third wave of feminism has now for decades sought to not just separate a woman's procreative activities with actually bearing children. That was second wave feminism. First wave wanted the vote. Second wave wanted women to be sexually liberated. Third wave is we want women to be separated from their actual gender. And they will not give this up without a fight. Surrogacy apparently is a multi-billion dollar business. I Here's the details from The Federalist, an article titled, Big Fertility Harms Babies and Women, So Why Are We Celebrating It? It's a growing industry that rakes in billions of dollars each year. Now, there's different branches on this. Again, we're just going to focus on surrogacy, in vitro fertilization. I think that it is a medical advancement that Christian parents who are not able to conceive their child— they can, they can use these scientific means to implant his and her parts in order to create a new baby into the womb of the mother. I think we can celebrate that as long as we're very careful about the number of embryos that they want to make. And you would do well if you're considering IVF. You must do the heavy lifting 
of looking for a clinic that will just do one at a time. Because what happens is those babies get fertilized. And if we believe conception begins at, or life begins at conception, then any babies that you leave frozen to die, uh, that's taking a life. I know, doesn't look like a baby, but the entire baby is right there at conception. They do exist. Now, I haven't looked for many years now. There was one that I remember, I want to say in Houston, Texas, maybe Dallas, Texas, that just does one at a time. Look for that person who was willing to do that so you don't find yourself with six children in a freezer that will never be brought to term. Having said that, surrogacy is a different deal. Jimmy, you're going to quiz you on this. Okay. America is all for it. We love it. Billion-dollar business. Do you know what countries say, surrogacy, it ain't something that we're about here? Would you like to guess? Guatemala. Mm, Portugal okay. is one of them. Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Is another. Huh. These, these are the ones that surprised me. Spain, Italy, Germany, France. France was came to mind, yep. I mean, the, France is definitely a secular country. Certain, certain, none of these nations are robustly small old Orthodox Christian. Even they see surrogacy as a problem. They outlaw it. Not in America, because we let rich people buy whatever they want to, apparently. Let me take you back to the Federalist. It is also growing increasingly popular for gay couples or even some women who want to avoid the pregnancy symptoms and body changes required of carrying a baby. Oh, so a woman who doesn't want to gain a little birth weight has another woman gain the birth weight. Yeah, that that seems loving and putting others before yourself. Surrogacy, here's, here's the nitty-gritty. Surrogacy intentionally severs the biological and emotional bond a woman and the baby she is carrying develop. This takes me back to that study we cited about early education. When kids go to school, when they're two and three, they ultimately become emotionally scarred. I'm just reading the science here. And how much more so for the child who is separated from birth mother, even in the best adoption scenario, you still have a traumatic separation of mommy and baby. And I'm telling you, that has an effect on a child, typically for life. It violates the dignity of the child, the birth mother, and the adoptive parents by automatically handing the child lower chances of success later on in life. And yet we plow ahead with it here in the U.S. of A. Why? Because godless progressivism insists that we can do whatever we want to. On average, children are best set up for success when they're raised by their biological mother and father. So hang in there, mother and father. On the contrary, adults that use the commercial fertility industry to create children using donated eggs and or sperm through a surrogate automatically manufacture a biological distance between themselves and the baby. You, you start in a detriment. Now, this is not to suggest you shouldn't adopt. I'm not saying that at all. But we do need to be aware that when a child is indeed severed from birth mother, that's a big deal. And you will probably feel that even as an adoptive parent. This issue goes way further than that. You, 
You're doing this intentionally. You're causing harm to a mommy and child intentionally because you want to have your way. A mere 7% of babies conceived via in vitro required for gestational surrogacy survived the embryo storing and implanting process. And that's the problem with IVF. I've said before, Christians can avail themselves of it. But when many babies are created, most of them, 93% of them, they'll die in a freezer. We can't endorse that. Most of them are disposed of or frozen, which reduces the chance of an embryo surviving implantation. Selective reduction, they'll call it. So what they will also do with IVF, which is something that the Christian needs to avoid, they will implant multiple fertilized eggs, six, seven, eight. And let's just hope one of them takes. But if Two take, if you don't want twins, don't worry, we'll selectively reduce the number of babies. That's known as abortion. Surrogacy not only exploits women, some of whom are forced to turn to the industry because of poor living conditions, but it can leave them physically and emotionally damaged. She gets paid to rent out her womb, but... The body and mind of a woman who is pregnant and carries a baby to term, there are changes. You've heard of postpartum? Hmm? The, the, the hormones are, are at different levels, and there is a bond that happens between a woman and a baby. Too bad we paid for it. Give it up. Those who are forced to separate from the babies after birth, regardless of their feelings, are left feeling anxiety caused by increased levels of cortisol. The baby, too, can suffer from increased stress and even brain structure alterations due to separation. That would be your RAD, your reactive attachment disorder. When a child is traumatized at an early age, it can affect the wiring of their brain for the rest of their lives. If you'd like to see our video on that, just go to the YouTube machine and search for wretched and RAD or reactive attachment disorder. Who pays in a liberal culture for progressive decisions? Women, children. Speaking of children, here's yet another story. Most parents are very concerned about their kids' spiritual health. Why? They're living in a world where they get bombarded with secularism, bad ideas, sexual ideologies, worldviews that are contrary to common sense, where four-year-olds are encouraged to start changing their body to match the way they feel about themselves. No wonder why parents are worried about their kids. They should be worried about their kids. I I wish that I had some clever scenario or a book to recommend to say, how should a young Christian couple navigate raising children in this culture? There, There isn't one, but I do believe... However, I do believe, without going as far as Rod Dreher goes, with the Francis alternative where we've got to go build Christian communities, well, we already have those. They're called the local church. If you want your kid to be protected, don't go it alone. It takes a church to raise a child, with all due respect to Hillary. Get them into church. Keep them in church. Immerse them in church. Surround them by church because you need more than yourself on your side because the world, it's against them. Why? Because in a liberal, progressive, non-Christian culture, the two demographics that pay for it, women and children. Until tomorrow, 
go serve your king.